Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers Podcast. Uh, this is episode 41. My name is Rick, and I'm joined today by Samuel. Hello, Samuel. Hello. Hello, and I'm joined by Tom Lovell as well. Hi, Tom. Hi, Rick. Hi, Sam. Hello. Just just one Tom on the podcast this uh, this month, so keep it simple. There shouldn't be any confusion. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing all right. We're gonna um, we're gonna talk about some of the games that we've been playing recently. We've got a question of the week, which is: uh, Are there any games that you haven't enjoyed playing, and and why? Before going to that, though, I just wanted to mention about um, I went to uh, Patriot Games, which is our local uh, our local friendly game store here in Sheffield. Um, popped in over the weekend and. Uh, I had a quick look through their game library, but I, I didn't realise this, but they've opened a, a cafe in the back now. Ooh. So um, you can go in the, the, through the sort of main magic, the, where they play the, sort of the magic games, all the tables are set up, and then hidden in the back there's a little little cafe. Uh, and they do uh, really nice kind of coffee and like little buns and cakes and things, brownies. Um, they do food in there. So and it's like a nice little space that's away from the kind of gaming area. But I did see some people in there playing games as well, so... I saw a couple of people playing Isle of Cats in there, okay. so they got that out. So I, th- I think they've got some games that you can play in there, you know, like um, cafe games, you know, games yeah. that they actually own that you can kind of play yeah, while you're having something to I've eat. Yeah, I've seen a big selection of sort of demo games they've got. Yeah, yeah. They've always had a library, so... I did see, um, when I was looking through the shelves as well, there's a new um, expansion out for Seven Wonders called Edifice, mm-hmm. uh, and I was looking at that when I was owning an R-ing over to whether to pick that up. Uh, and I wandered around to the cafe, and they'd actually got a copy of it in there as well. So oh, nice. I, had a, I had a quick look through the through the contents and the and the book and everything. I know, I know Treehouse do that already. They have uh, food and stuff, don't they? Treehouse yeah, Cafe. Yes, but they are a, a bona fide border game cafe, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice to call in, even if you don't want to go to the board game bit. Just call in, have a have a nice coffee and. Uh, Something to eat, yeah, it's really, it was really good. Yeah, well, I've been to the cafe a couple of two or three times and I've been there for play testing sessions. Hmm. Um, had a toast eat, it's nice, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. have to stop in next time I'm back in Sheffield. So, shall we go on to the games that we've played recently then? Yeah, sounds like uh, a good talk about one of those. So, my, my, my first on the list here this is, um, uh, this is a game that uh, myself and Samuel played a couple last week. This is a game called Ready Set Bet. Mm-hmm. This is a, a horse racing betting game based on. Uh, some horse that are racing, you can uh, use the app or there's actual horse meeples in the uh, box and somebody can sort of sit and roll dice and move the, move the horses on. It's designed by John D. Clare. He's designed quite a few games that have been released recently, becoming quite a popular popular designer. It's released from in 2022 game and it's for plays between two and nine players. But I would say the ninth player is the uh, is the person kind of rolling the dice and, and moving the horses. If you're doing that, then you can't really play on the betting side of the game. So really, it's two to eight with somebody kind of running it. But like I say, you can use you can just use the app. So it's basically a real a real time betting game. The uh, the horses are racing on the app, kind of moving forward at uh, different speeds. And there's a big grid, uh, the board with a big grid on it, and you're basically placing your tokens in the grid to bet on the horses that are either going to win, come second, or come third. Uh, win place or show i think it's called so it's quite intimidating because there's quite a big board and lots of spaces on there but it's basically where that horse is going to come you know in front of the others but then also there's some prop bets at the top uh, and they change that it's like a deck of cards and that'll change each each time and that'll be things like uh, the yellow horse is going to come before the blue horse or something like that and then uh, in addition to that you can bet on the color so you can bet that blue horse is going to win or the red horse is going to win and then there's also some VIP bets as well. So 
Uh, for your first game, you're probably not going to take it all in and, and be able to sort of. You probably just concentrate on the main, sort of main board where you're doing the betting. But I, th- I think that's probably part of the design. There's there's a little too much to actually take in and, and sort of play. You know, to 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 take in all at once. You can only hold so much in your in your brain before you start sort of you know forgetting about one, one bit. So if if people are kind of concentrated on betting on the you know where the horses are going to come, you can look at the prop bets and put some bets on there. Uh, or you can look at the coloured ones, or check the VIP ones at the bottom, see if they're going to win. It's a it's a game of kind of waiting and waiting to see which horse is in front, and then maybe putting a bet on and getting the timing right of when that's good. When you you know when the other people are going to put their bets on, can you beat them to it to the to the better spots? Is, is that horse going to get to, overtaken by another one? So there's quite a lot quite a lot going on, and quite a lot of. Um, of sort of shouting and fun, saying, come on, this particular horse, come on, number seven, or number seven's st- going behind, it's falling behind suddenly, another one's shot in front, so... <laughs> Do you have to wear fancy hats and all those kinds of things, or is that not quite such a requirement? No, no, you, you, you can, can do, do it in the comfort of your own home. You can bet on the horses, it doesn't cost you any money. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so that's it, my favourite kind of betting game. I, th- I think it is a little bit of a one-trick pony, though. I think if you played it all the time... It would probably wear out as welcome because it's pretty much the same sort of every time. But if you if you're after an occasional kind of quick, quick betting game, then uh, yeah, this is uh, this is one that I quite enjoyed. Uh, I think you played it as well, Sammy, didn't you? What did yeah, you think? Yeah, I played it as well. I played it a couple of times. Um, it is quite nice. I mean, I think it would take a bit for it outside as well because obviously each race is different. Um, mm. And you know, going from one to the next, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So that would always help. You know, you wouldn't. If you play it for the tenth time, you still wouldn't know what was going to happen in the race. So no, no, that helps. But it, yeah, it's quite uh, quite frantic because obviously a lot of you know a lot of the just going back to you what you were saying about all the, being a lot of information. Part of the problem, the reason that's an issue is because you're betting as the race is going on. Mm. So you're trying to concentrate where the horses are and where they're moving, as well as what all the different bets are. Yeah, you know, it's not like you've got time to sit there and process the board and look at everything and figure out what yeah. you're going to do. You've got to do it, you know. On a time limit, essentially. And as, as it's developing, so it's so real time in play, it can be, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you bet as the horse's race is starting, and there's a certain point where you have to stop betting. Right. Um, and Angelo, um, on the second race, kind of at the start, he just went all in on one horse. Yeah, he's put everything on one horse. He just put everything on Taylor on one horse. And he, I think it came in first, didn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it paid off. It's a bit and of then, a risk, but you can do that if you're in another you race. That. <laughs> um, you put everything on the on the same horse actually that won coming in at fourth or low which is horse seven and that came off as well so he got low yeah. from that <laughs> whereas poor Rick was getting very little until the last uh, race weren't you Rick I yeah about I, I, one, one, one coin or something before the last race I think didn't you? yeah yeah it, there is a possibility that you'll just do really badly and none of your horses will come in and you won't get anything but yeah. There's always that it's played over four different races, so there's always another race. And like I say, you don't, you can't like lose any money, so it doesn't, badly doesn't really in matter. One turn. So one race, yeah, you do yeah. badly, and you're not consistently mad. It sounds like you will. Yeah, getting rubbish. You can, you're going to struggle. Yeah, <laughs> you got a bit more by the end, but yeah, I got a little bit on the last race. Yeah, but uh, Angelo was so far in front at that point. It was yeah, there was no chance of catching him. But it was impressive yeah. to see it. It was impressive to just say. You know, before anybody put anything else down, just boom, there we go, that's my oh, bet. I straight away. And that was it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a case of waiting for him to finish then. Well, as long as he came back with more than you left with, you weren't kicked out. 
yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> it is quite look based on what as you'd expect, so it's a bit of yeah, bit of that, but. It's still, it is good fun. Yeah, yeah. it gives, gives you that feeling of, uh, that kind of feeling of, you know, betting on the horses and che- yeah. cheering the, you know, cheering the favourite on or the one that you bet most on. Yeah, yeah it gives you that when feeling. You, get, you know, when you, your bets come in and you get... Yeah, money. and you, you scoop up all the money that you've won, yeah. All the chips. <laughs> yep, so that was, uh, that was Ready, Set, Bet. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, well, what you guys been playing? Keeping on a racing theme, um, one of the games that has re- um, actually become a quite a favourite at the Gloucester board game group where I'm now playing, is Heat Pedal to the Metal. Yes, so um, it's where you're playing. There are times when I'm kind of ambivalent about games. This is really nice. It's quite simple in terms of games. You're a classic kind of low-slung F1 car, you yeah. know, where um, you're about as likely to lose your spleen as you were to win the Grand Prix. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I can't remember how many, but the aim is, of course, to win the race. And there's a bunch of different courses. So you've got France, Great Britain, Italy, and famous courses on there. So I think it's I think it's Brands Hatch rather than Silverstone for the uh, Britain. I think it might be Monza for it, it might be Monza for Italy. It looks like looks like Brands Hatch from the board. Looks like Brands Hatch. Um, yeah, Brands Hatch. Yeah, it didn't look like Silverstone, and I've not been to, um, not really looked at the Brands Hatch course. So I couldn't confirm or deny anyway you've got mm-hmm. a set of cards and these are your drive cards and you've got gears as well so your gearing is how many um cards you can play that turn so the more cards you play the f- more spaces you can go but you've got to go those number of spaces so um and so obviously that's a good thing but if you're going too fast around the corner so on the corners, there is a number onto them. So if you, um, and if you go past this point with and taken more moves that turn than that number, then there's a chance to cause heat, and therefore you pick up heat cards and things. And you have a deck of cards that you draw from, and you end up with a hand. I think it's five cards, and you play a certain number of cards on your turn dependent on what gear you're in. So if you're in a high gear, you can play more cards. If you're in a low gear, you can only play less cards. Some of the cards you just move one, some of the cards you can move up to five. And um, so you can move relatively quickly on a small um, number. The critical bit is handling the corners. So each corner has a number next to it. When you go past that line on the corner, if on your move you have been equal to or less than that number, you're fine. Happy days. If you have been higher than that number, then it can cause you to have problems, heat problems, and you're taking heat cards. And heat cards you have to play and um, can cause you to basically end up not moving so quickly as your engine's overheating. You can do certain things on your turn. So you have a player board, and on the top it talks you through the actions. It's really nicely laid out, hmm. so it tells you exactly what you do. There you go, you control the control room, so I'll talk you through the basic actions um, now that I've seen it. So you move your car, and if you are for at the end, you get to move forward and get to control your heat a bit more. If you are in a set position, you can use um, the 
drag benefits to slingshot round someone. There are certain points where you can discard a heat card, but only if you've done special things. Uh, normally, you're going in a low enough gear. So if you're going that sort of first or second gear, you can discard a heat card. But if you're in top gears, then you're struggling. Yeah, it's managing your road position, your hand of cards, the amount of heat to work out where you go around the course. And then there are there's an advanced level of game which I've not played yet, which adds in extras. So yeah, I think as it goes as a racing game, it's got a really nice mix of the different things you're trying to do, manage your own abilities plus relative to the next person. And everyone knows the objective, which is to cross that line first. <laughs> yeah, have you played uh, Flamme Rouge? I've not played Flamme Rouge. I, th- I think it's the same designers, isn't it? Uh, I'm, possibly. I've played Formula D, mm. and I have played Downforce, which again are car racing games. Mm. Yeah, I've played um, both those as well. Formula D is nice, but oh my god. We'll come on to that possibly later. Um, but, um, I had a bit more, more of the game, um, the betting as in Ready, Set, Bet. But I liked this one for the simplicity, the relatively speaking small number of cards, cards that you have for your car, and just how mm. it worked. So yeah, it was just, and it's just very accessible, mm. ultimately. Yeah, I've, I've played it once. I think there's a lot in the box, isn't there? Like you said, there's quite a few different yeah. maps. Um, there's like modules that you can add in. There's like weather and upgrades and things like that. And there's like also Definitely. like a campaign mode as well where you can sort of improve your car over the seasons and you've got different, different races that you can race in and things. So there's quite a lot quite a lot of playability in the box. It's not just like a quick race game. It's got quite a lot of depth to yeah, it as just, well. We've, I've only been involved in the quick race game bit so far, mm. but the fact that there was so much where it was for me, it's like, ooh, at another point I'll play another game of it and and things. But it, it was just as a take it out race bang on but i was aware as you said that there's other things and thought mm. well, actually, yeah for your money there's plenty of game uh what about you samuel what you've been you've been playing i'll go so uh so tom just mentioned heat which came out in last year um so it's quite a new game i'm going to mention a much older game that i played for the first time monopoly uh, <laughs> <laughs> not monopoly better than monopoly uh, which I played on the club recently, which was Ra, which uh, says BG it came out in 1999 originally. Yeah, it's an old one there. Uh, yeah, an auction, which I think you played as well, actually, Rick. Uh, that's yeah, I did. Yeah. Which, did, uh, which is an auction game. Um, quite a simple system. You, on your turn, you can either um, add a tile to the. Well, you draw a tile for the bag and you, you either add it to the row, it's a bidding tile, um, or. If it's a raw tile, it calls an auction immediately. Um, or you can choose to just um, you can choose to call an auction rather than drawing a tile if you prefer, and then everybody bids. Um, you can once around the table in order um, bidding. Each of you has three bidding tiles that range in number from one to sixteen. Well, depending on the players, there's less players to be slightly less tiles. And if you win the bid, you'll win the set of tiles to exchange your bidding tile for the one that was in the middle. Um, which you'll get for the following round, and you so you can bid three times around, and it's essentially a sort of set collection for the most part. So you're trying to get mm. sets of things like monuments and things, which will, you know, you'll score more if you've got more of them in a set. There's 
well, things like that. So there's some things that score at the end, like the monuments, and there's some things that score at the end of each round. Mm. Um, so, for example, there's rivers and floods, so you get one point for each of your rivers and floods, as long as you've got at least one flood. And you keep your rivers between rounds, but your floods will go away. And then there's things like, I don't know what the pharaohs, that you haven't got any of them, you lose yeah, five points. Yeah. And then if you get enough of them, you do gain some points. So they can be about as much as just getting one to avoid the points losses as it is to get to get points. Mm. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it because it was quite simple mm. to play and to un- understand and pick up. Um, but there was, there was a lot of sort of variety in, it in terms of you know what would come out in an auction, what you might want, what you might not mm. want. Because there's a few disaster tiles as well, which sort of negative things will cancel out some tiles, which you, you don't want. So it was you know a lot of strategy about you know. And then depending on what numbers you've got about when you could use your, your lower ones, which you've seen most of the sites win a, a thing with, can you you know do well with those? When's a good time to use my high one? Am I going to get like, oh, this auction's got exactly what I need in it? Can I win it? That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It was um, yeah, and there's flipping about 150 tiles or something. It was to be yeah, it was quite a lot, wasn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really nice. Yeah, it's quite quite a sort of simple mechanically, but it seemed to have quite a bit of depth and replayability. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Not, not surprisingly, is it's a Rainer Knizia. Yeah, it's that classic kind of auction thing that he does really well, isn't it? That auction kind yeah. of bidding game that it, that kind of is his forte, really. Yeah, um, hoping hope to pick it up when I go to Aircon or at some other point. Yeah, we we played the old version, the original version, but I think it's been reprinted since then. But it's really difficult yeah. to get hold of. Um, I've got a copy of something called Priests of Ra. Yeah, Tom's got Priests of Ra. Yeah, that's what I've got. Thing. Yeah. Um, I don't quite know what the differences are. Um, it's, yeah, that, this is one of the works games that were released a few years ago, so you can pick this okay. up dirt cheap, and it's pretty much the same game, really. Um, oh. The tiles score sl- slightly differently. Yeah. Um, you, you've got um, some bad ones, like the there's some plagues, similar to the to the... To, standard raw but apart from that yeah it's pretty much the same game really so uh-huh. it's much easier to get hold of though and a lot cheaper so okay i'll bear that in mind when i'm looking for it yeah yeah uh-huh. but yeah it's a, it was really good it was um trying to trying to judge what you, what you can bid because you've got three sort of sun tiles in front of you that are numbered yeah uh, and that's all you've got for the entire round so it's trying to judge when you're going to bid one of these and you can see other people's sun tiles so you can see how much they've got and yeah. if I bid this he's, I know he's got a higher number than me but is he actually going to use it on this or is he going to save it for something later and it's on a timer as well there's like tiles come out that come on along a different track and when that track runs out that's the end of the round whether you've used your sons or not so yeah. you can't just hold off and hold off and wait until something really good happens you know there's a timer on there yeah. that's, that's always going so you've got to you've got to get them and get used and yeah. you can force other people's actions so it's not just you're playing sort of adjacent to others you're actually directly affecting them uh yeah kind of you yeah you can see what you can see what they're holding so yeah what they're trying to collect as well so you can uh, yeah if you've got the lower numbers it's 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 tricky to sort of win the win the bids but you know what other people are looking for as well because you can see what tiles they've already got collected so some things are useless for like Samuel or Tom, but it'll be really good for me, so I'll put in a little bit on that one. I hope nobody nobody's opposing me. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. It's also probably one of the shortest titles of, an, of a game you can think of as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Consequently, it's trickier to find on Board Game Geek to start off with. Yeah. Unless you're 
intelligent, which I wasn't. I've, I typed it in and got everything with an RA in it. Somewhere. <laughs> well, here I've typed it yeah. in. It's the top of the list. is just raw. Yeah, well, I got rather dice game first off. Okay. So, and then I did other bits. So now I... Um, yeah, but I enjoyed that one. What else have you been playing, Tom? Or Rick? Uh, well, I was going to mention Arcosa um, because I backed this on Kickstarter a while back. Um, it's by um, Toonhammer. And... Um, so I'm going to address the first bit. Some pit, someone said, oh, well, you know, the artwork's not very good. And I went, just their style. And that is going to be the first Marmite bit about it. You either like their art style or you hate it. Hmm. I'm, definitely on the like, <laughs> I'm definitely on the like side. I was looking at pictures. It's an art style that I quite like, actually, the look of it. Yeah. So I like it. Well. I'm happy with it because it's very cartoony. It's very them. But... Some people won't like it, and I can understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the like art on that one. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, people like Rick are, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so what is Toonhammer? Is that, is that like a studio, or is it? Uh, it's a studio. Um, and it says Angela Dickens. Angela Dickens, yeah, she's a lo- yeah. No, I've met Angela a couple of times. Uh, and next to there, it's sort of just around the corner of theirs at UK Games Expo one year. And so I might be a bit prejudiced because I do think Angela's lovely. As an independent, you know, I supported them and I've in, I've played the game and enjoyed it. So it's not me just blowing smoke um, mm. and being f- friendly. Um, because, yeah, it's a game that I've backed. I, I've enjoyed it. Um, and it's in terms of game, you've got three rounds. And so it, it's definitely one of the ones that you play it once on the easy mode. And then you've got the slight you know more advanced things once you've learned it hmm. and so in that respect it's good that you have got start with these and then flip it over and you've then got sort of more complex leaders more complex bases and things so the aim of the game is to rescue as many people well score as many points as possible and you do that by having the best bunker um and the best occupants in your bunker and um so during your turn, you will use the different colonists, different aliens in your bunker, and you'll like go to a location, um, and which location you go to with them is dependent on if they've got a backpack or you use them to get resources and things. So on the board, it's very big, but actually it's important because of the different things that are on the different spaces. Some enable you to um, get a new colonist, Others enable you to get resources so you can get food or you can get energy and you can get new building, new rooms for your bunker and you can either put them in um, extra spaces or on top of pre-existing ones and if your room is has got power then it gives you things at the end of the round ready for the next turn. Um, so yeah, it's just got that nice kind of you're thinking about what you're doing, you can be affected by other people because when you go to certain places, um, it pushes a tracker around the board and it generally starts off as quite nice, but there are certain points which if you land on them will cause an event and often the event's not so good. Sometimes Some of them are fine, some mm. of them are less fine. And so you can intentionally go... And do, and do something so that the next person will have that difficult decision. If I go to this place, I'll push the event track around into something that I don't want to happen. And so you've then got that hard choice of, 
what do I actually do this turn as well? Events range from simple, um, sort of relatively minor events to the sort of in the green to the um, amber of the could be more problematic, but there's still some nice ones. And then generally, the, these are going to be painful red events. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you've got, you start off with some rooms already filled, and I think you've got about 10 rooms in your bunker that you can fill. And you score points based, you know, certain creatures have points, certain creatures multiply your points based on your rooms, certain rooms give you points. And so how you get to your points value will depend on which combination of creatures and rooms and other things that you've gone for. There's different strategies you can employ at the end. So, yeah, we're very nice with the different levels of options you've got. Yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah, yeah it certainly sounds like something I'd like to try. Mm. Pictures from what you're saying. I'll take it to UK Games Expo with me and you can play then. Yes, that'd be good. <laughs> Once you know what you're looking at, some of it, the outside, for example, it's just a you know your typical score tracker. Yeah. But then the step in is very much a, no, these are the, you're going for a walk kind of track and the yeah. marker that moves along it that is very important because you know whether it's going to be a good event or nothing or oh crumbs there's something bad about to happen yeah <laughs> uh, how long does it take to play do you think um oh. i'm trying to recall um it it was definitely so we normally start at seven sort of seven twenty past seven playing a game and we definitely had time for another one or two games afterwards so i'd say hmm. uh, with having to learn how to play a game as well, which always adds a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I would go sort of an hour, hour and a half ish. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, how, how long it took us for the first, I think about an hour and a half for the first game, and and mm. there was there were what's this? Looking for the reference, trying to remember those elements, and so that just slows things down. So it's mm. it, it's a nice sort of medium low medium weight kind of game where it'll take you a bit of time but not too sort of long will give you definitely time of a game's evening to play one or two other games okay good yeah i'll definitely look out for that one yeah support local support independence mm -hmm. yeah 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 definitely <laughs> okay i've got one more thing uh, yeah so something else i've played recently um is a card game called sky joe which a bit unusually for me, I sort of I found out through relatives. Um, normally, it's me giving a suggesting game. All right. <laughs> we went on holiday with my um, older brother and his family last mm. Easter on the canal, but and they brought Skyjay with them, and I mm. enjoyed it. And then uh, so I asked for it for Christmas. Um, and it's I don't know why it's called Skyjay. It's an old name of his themes. Mm -hmm. uh, names of the kids. There's no reference to the game at all. You. Basically, at the start of the game, you're given a set of 12 cards which you lay out in three rows of four, um, all face down, and you turn two of them face up. And the cards can vary in, re in value from minus two to 12. You're trying to end up with the lowest score at the end of the, the round. Um, sort of in, end of the game. Um, the standard game end is when somebody gets 400 points, the game finishes, and who's got the lowest score is the winner. But you can just sort of play two wins each round if you prefer. Hmm. Um, you know, kids, or if you're short on time or something, just play a round or two. It's quite works quite a lot like that. So, you're trying to sort of turn over cards and swap out cards in order to 
Okay, the lowest one. So on your, there's, on your turn, you either take the top card of the deck or the top card of the discard pile. And if it's the top card of the discard pile, you can swap it for either a face-up or face-down card in your grid and discard the other card. And turning it face-up if it was a face-down one. So yeah, it's a bit of a gamble there. You might turn over, oh, no, I've turned over a minus one, bugger. <laughs> Um, or you might go, off oh, turn over a 10, that's fine. This didn't want to want that. Um, or you can take, take the top card from the deck and then have a look at it and either swap that with a, uh, a card in your grid as per the, the face-down one, or you can simply discard it just to turn one of your face-down cards face-up. Um, and that's that's basically entire rules. Um, other than so the, the, the cards you've got in front here that are face-down, you, you've not seen those? Are they hidden? Yeah, they're hidden. You've not seen any of those. You just so get, you don't know what they are? What they right. are. And you turn over two at the start of the game. Um, right. So you're trying to... And the game will end when somebody's got a full grid of 12 face-up cards. Or oh, OK. Poss- yeah. Possibly less, because was if you get three of the same number in the card, that column gets discarded from your grid. Um, uh-huh. Which is quite nice. Which is fine if they're also high numbers, but if you suddenly have mm. three minus ones in a row, that's not so good, because you're suddenly gaining yeah. points instead of losing them. <laughs> so you can't just spam the low numbers either. That's quite cool. Not, no, you, I mean, you can, you can if you don't have them in columns. Um, and obviously, if you you know draw one, okay, I want to put that in. You can obviously choose where you're going to put it, um, so as to not do that. So that's uh, quite nice. And of course, if you try and get sort of three high ones in a row, the chances are somebody will throw one of those away because they won't want it. So you've got to pick one up. Mm. Um, plenty of each number to go around, but it's uh, I've I've really enjoyed it because it's really nice, sort of quite a very easy to teach card game. Mm. Um, but you know. Each game again is quite different because you don't know what numbers you're going to get or what's going to come out of the deck. So hmm. there's always that. Am I going to turn over a nice card? Am I going to turn over? A, you know, am I going to get a nice card for the deck? Am I going to turn over a horrible one? Am I going to be lucky? Which is sort of quite fun. I find quite quite enjoyable. I, th- I think there's loads of these um, like quick, quick um, yeah. playing kind of filler card games that are, that are really good fun that people don't really know about very much. Yeah. I mean, you, you introduced me to uh, Six Nymphed. That's yeah. another one that's, yeah, that's a nimped. similar sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it looks interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, this one, this one plays, Skyjo plays 2 to 8. It says, uh, on beat. All right, so that's good, yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. I need a little bit of table space, obviously, because you've got to lay out the, the cards in the grid. Mm. So there's obviously a bit of table space required, but it's not too bad. Um, and, you know, so it takes 10 minutes or so for a round, something like that. Yeah. Cool. Yes. So how many rounds overall, or just until you well, get you to play until you, no, you play, Yeah, you can play. You can, I mean, you can, you can just play one round if you wanted to, depending on time. But the standard rules are you play until somebody gets to 100 points, and then the game ends. But you, you know, you could just say, well, we'll play three rounds, or we'll play, you know, whatever. You don't have to stick with that. It's not. One of those is quite flexible. This looks a lot like one that. Um, that people who are kind of card players would would like as well, you know, if you're not used to sort of the, the yeah. sort of big card, the big board games with boards and tokens and yeah, miniatures and things like that. It's one of those quick kind of introductory ones. Yeah, definitely because you the cards game. have just got numbers on the thing, so there's no there's no theme yeah. or anything. It's just yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, um, but, uh, so I'm just going to briefly mention that we've been playing, um, which is it's gone um, borrowed it from a friend. It's the um, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Yeah. So it's a deck builder co-op game. And, uh, and we got bitten by the bug rather hard. Um, <laughs> so it, it is your traditional sort of deck builder where you start off with a prefabricated deck 
you buy things and you've got cards that give you more cash or cards that do damage to the bad O's. You've got to get rid of the bad O's before a certain time runs out. And of course, the bad O's are all um, Harry Potter villains. The twist is that you start off and you've got game one and game two is his first two years at Hogwarts, but each the difficulty level increases with each um, game. And so you can play it at a more simplistic game or actually quite crunchy and quite tricky to beat as they add trickier villains or um, different game mechanics. So we've just been playing uh, over half term, finally got to game seven and mm. there's horcruxes. And, um, so, but so, sometimes though, it's not too bad. So the game six we played, you have got your OWLs and all of a sudden as players, you've got an extra ability and you go, oh, I've got this ability and we completely trounced the death of game six. Um, <laughs> we were getting to the point that we hadn't got off the... Um, so you've got to stop the Death Eaters from gaining control of the locations. And if they do... Game four, we got our asses what Didn't really get scripts with it. And they kept on getting the location. But game six didn't get off the first location. We got great combination of efficiencies and game seven it was oh okay um that the gloves have come off and it was a lot trickier so for a game whilst it's got things that you'd normally expect for most of the card builders in that respect it doesn't add anything new the fact that it changes things up with the type of objectives you're trying to achieve and you've got such a varied level of difficulty dependent mm. on whether you're playing an earlier game where you've got less skills and the game is still difficult or you go, well, actually, I've got more skills, but the game is quite, quite scary. Thank <laughs> you very much. Um, I quite like that. And my son's enjoyed it as well. So um, now he's, he's now 10, but he has been playing games for a little bit. So I wouldn't recommend a, a board game novice 10 year olds to play but if they've been playing mm. a few games then they should be able to start understanding and especially at the low levels you know if you mm. play game one game two game three the earlier years they are considerably easier and you will be able to play those with younger people knowing full well that you can get into the trickier games as they get older as well and yeah. you've got all the photos yeah. from the films so in terms of artwork it's baked in gorgeous anyway so if you uh, if you lose a game, is it a bit like pandemic? Do you still go on to the next game instead, or can you can you sort of replay it and try again, or how does that work? Replay it. So, what well, basically each game level it has the numbers on it, so you can reset mm. it and go back to game one if you wanted to. So All you right. can play at whatever point because it mentions it on every card for both the cards you've got available to buy, for the baddos, yeah. the nasty events, all of it. So in that respect. It's got the replayability at any level you want. Hmm. You have to go and find an index and go, I've got to take these ones out. It says hmm. so on the card, game seven, game five, game three. All oh, right, yeah, so, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. Really, obviously, I say, well, what you've got to do is when you've got a deck of 200 cards, fill them out. That's not necessarily <laughs> the easiest thing in terms of time because of the amount. Hmm. They're all clearly labelled. 
And right. so it's a lot easier to do because they're labelled rather than having to consult the index somewhere and manually go, well, which one's this? Yeah, I've, I have played that um, before, I think. Oh, have you? Um, mm. It was a 24-hour board gaming marathon I did a few years ago, so I was playing it at about 4 o'clock in the morning, I think. <laughs> it's stupid up there. I think I had a couple of sessions of it, so it was, it was uh, yeah. We did a few missions, I think. I don't know. We didn't get to the end. We, I think we did, I can't really remember now, four or five maybe. Well, it right. definitely... Played it for quite um, a bit. Our, our problem was the first ones were quite quick and quite simple. And so we thought, oh, okay, that's fine. You know, we've got enough time for the next one. We'll do the next one. It's not, you know, it's not too long before bed. And then went, oh, actually, because we've added more villains and it's trickier, the, the last game might have been 45 minutes and this one's more like an hour and a half. And it, yeah. And it adds things on. Then because they've added different things as well, it changes it up um, in terms of game mechanics and sometimes you just get unlucky that if you've got all of the expensive cards turned up and it's very early game and you can't afford them then you're sat mm. there going cranky we're trying to cycle through the market and we can't because we can't afford anything so yeah so uh, you said it's um it's got like eight different sort of modes in it eight different sort of games how, how big is the box? Is it, is it like a huge box or is it just it's like not standard a standard box? No. Ticket to ride it's, size or it's got the seven? Oh, yes, ticket to ride sort of size. Oh right, um, okay, yeah. And it, it's the seven different mode. It's the, it's basically it's book one to seven. Um, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and book one is this is training wheels. Yeah. Um, whereas um, book seven is you're swimming with sharks. <laughs> you have got all, all the nasties and each time yeah. you get to the next level they will add things in so funnily enough book two up rocks um, the basilisk because the basilisk turns up in game you know game two you have the basilisk there um, and yeah. the basilisk game two you're going well this is not much of a problem you know what can't I do I can't draw cards that doesn't cause me a problem because I don't have many um, abilities that help me draw cards Huh, and then later on in the game, where you're going, I need to draw cards, and I've got the basilisks there, and I can't. You're mm. a hateful thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it sounds quite thematic. Then it sounds quite. It, it yeah, is like nicely it follows thematic. The yeah. Books. Um, yeah, and the abilities are tied into the characters you play from the Harry Potter um, books. So you're all, all right. Different. Yeah, you're either yeah. Harry Potter. Uh, Ron Weasley, Hermione Granger, or Neville Longbottom, and they've hmm. all got appropriately themed-ish abilities, yeah. and you get better abilities as they get older and you go through the films, which is quite nice. Um, yeah. Uh, some are better than others. Um, you know, Harry's is okay. We have discovered that Ron Weasley is actually the beat stick, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Hermione is Again, okay, but some of her cards are particularly useful, and it is really is a cooperative game. The more you work, where you're helping everyone out, mm. the better you are. The more selfish you get on focusing on your deck, you struggle more as a team. And it was, um, we found that for the game game six, where I was playing Harry Potter with one of the abilities, where if you discarded cards, everyone else got something. And so mm. for the early game. His deck was rubbish because each turn he had discarded to couldn't power himself up. But it meant that everyone else was powerful 
And so mm. therefore, by the mid-game, they go, well, we've got our deck sorted. Now we can pile stuff onto you. And mm. then he starts to pick up. But being selfless and helping out the others meant that team-wise were stronger. And that was really quite nicely executed, we felt. Yeah, sounds all right. Yeah, I do like a good uh, a good deck builder. So, yeah. Cool. So uh, I think that's all the games we've played, isn't it, recently? Yeah. Shall we uh, yeah. shall we move on to question of the week? So yeah. Definitely. Uh, the question, question this time is, uh, what games did you least enjoy playing and why? So uh, a couple of caveats here before we start. Obviously, we, we play a lot of games at the club and we you know people bring their own games and, and sometimes you, you just have to play what's there. So you're not always necessarily going to play the games that you you enjoy or you like sometimes you'll 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 get roped into playing something that you know isn't usually your style or something that you you usually want wouldn't want to try so we're not necessarily saying these are bad games or that we you know it's just our own personal opinion that perhaps you know something happened on that particular game that we didn't like or you know if we were tired or if we weren't in the mood to play that particular game then that might have soured it a little bit for us so there's a, a, a number of reasons why you might you might not enjoy a game but there's not just nothing to stop, you know. There's nothing to say that if it's your favourite game, it's nothing personal. There's nothing. We're not going to hold it against you or anything like that. It's uh, you know, different people like different games, and that's yep. just how it is. So we're going into this with a bit of a pinch of salt. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we've probably got some specific examples. So uh, shall I shall I go first? Yeah. Um, there's a there's a card game called uh, Epic Spell Wizards. Uh-huh. And I, I really like the artwork on this one. I think it's brilliant. I, I loved it. It's kind of a bit gory and a bit cartoony. It's really, really fun. It's like my kind of style. I really liked it. And I, I played it a few times. I played it like two and three player, and it was absolutely fine. And then I think one one week we played it at six player. I think that's the maximum it goes up to at six player. And it was just an absolute slog. We played played it for about an hour and a half, I think, and then. By that time, we'd only, you know, some most of the players had won once, and I think you played like two or three wins or something. Yeah. You, when you when you were around, and it just put me off completely. That I, I just, I just, yeah, I didn't want to play it again after that. So I, I sold it. I got rid of it after that. <laughs> but I really, I really liked the game. I, I liked it. I liked how it played. I liked the artwork in it. The artwork was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. It was just like one particular bad, bad session of it really put me off, and I, I just couldn't stand. I couldn't even stand to look at it anymore. It had to go, unfortunately. So that, that that's kind of my example. So it was, um, yeah, it was just something that was that was fun and breezy at two or three players, but just hugely, hugely longer at six players. And I yeah, think we exactly. actually abandoned it. We didn't even finish playing the game. Mm. We just said, right, that's it. We're going to have to call it there, and you know, we'll we'll play something else because this is going to go on forever. We, we can either play it for another hour and see how it ends, or we can we can stop now and play something else. So we stopped it there. Yeah. So yeah, that was that. That was my example. It was just uh, just a game that was a bit too long, yeah, unfortunately sort of a, for me. It's a game that sort of was sort of designed as a half an hour playtime or something, and ends up so it doesn't really work if it's three times that length. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. Massively outlasted its sort of supposed length for the sort of you know depth depth and weight of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got to be in the right set of mind for any game that you're hitting or three and a half. Mark, and you go. Am I going to finish anytime soon? Regardless of how good it was, when you're yeah. when you're clock watching, and you're going, well, I need to go home, or at some point, <laughs> and are we going to finish? Are we going to get a resolution? Um, then you know that you're not going to quite enjoy the game so much, even if it's the bestest gamest ever. Yeah, 
I think people underestimate that a little bit as well. Um, sometimes you'll ask people, oh, how long is it going to take? And they'll say, oh, an hour. But it, that's if, because they know the game inside out and they've played it before or, they, you know, that doesn't take into account teaching it and sort of learning it as you're playing along and checking rules and things like that. And sometimes it ends up going a bit longer, which is sometimes unavoidable. Sometimes you can't help that. And, and most of the time that's absolutely fine. But the, there is the odd occasion I've found where you know, you sort of, you, like you say, you sort, sort of sat walk, looking at your watch, somebody else is thinking about what to do on their turn, and you're just looking at the ceiling thinking, oh, I wish I was somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had a club instance once with um, Avalon, so I, I've enjoyed the game Avalon, but the first time I played it was with people who knew how to play Avalon. Mm. I played social deduction games, and I was playing it my way. And it was a case of, dude, I'm not a complete novice to games, thank you very much. But I was new to the group as well, and it was just, yeah, um, was not quite so happy when someone was getting, you know. And, it, and again, there was an element of this was played as the last game of the evening, and so people wanted to finish. And so to an extent, it wasn't time click ticking because this was fairly early on in the game, sort of like second round. I'd not played the classical way that everyone else in the group was used to, and I was being a little <laughs> bit avant-garde, you know, because I can a bit of a toss away. Um, but it, it, it just got very awkward and difficult for me, and I didn't enjoy the playing of the game. I could see the benefits of it, and so I mm. bought it, and I played it at the school games club with the kids and a, a number of times, and it, it is legitimately a great game, but that was just a... I don't like being told that I'm playing the game wrong because I'm not playing it the way you expected me to. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think Avalon for me, I, I can sometimes enjoy it and sometimes I, I, I'm not very good at it so I'll kind of give myself away quite early and people will know what side I'm on and then it's it's yeah. all downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> really, you just wait until, until it all plays out. I, I struggled a lot with social deductions games in general when I started playing them, but I'm a lot better mm. now um, mm. having... <laughs> played quite a lot of games, I played quite a lot of Avalon um, especially pre-pandemic when I was playing it quite a lot um, mm. yeah. quite often with the same group of people so we got you know, got into the um, sort of rhythm of a bit so you know, we, you know we all knew how we played so that helped a bit um, well yeah. I think that's almost the problem and even though I'm fairly rubbish at it and not great at lying I do still enjoy playing it because it, it, mm. it is I do find it good fun well, I think that's the problem, isn't it? Like you Sorry. said, if there's a group of people and they've got that rhythm and sort of has their own sort of jazz mm. um, kind of moment elsewhere, and you're yeah. just going, that's completely out of time to us. What are you doing? Mm. But I, but sometimes, yeah. actually, that's what you need for social deduction games because sometimes that throws things up in the air for you not to expect. In some respects, it can, and it, it was, yeah. Yeah, that can make it much more interesting. Yeah, I suppose it's then whether, exactly. you know, whether you sort of call the person out on that or just sort of let it pass as well. Uh, well, my um, game that I think I've least enjoyed playing was Escape from the Aliens and Outer Space. And this was quite a few years ago now at the club. Um, I ended up playing that. I can't remember quite why I played that one. I think. Um, but it's a hidden movement and bluffing game. Um, where you're either an, an alien or a, a human trying to escape on a, on a spaceship, I think. Um, and I think you, you, I think on your turn you draw a card, and it says whether you have to lie, you have to tell the truth, or can choose. 
and then so then you announce a grid reference as to where you where you know for that turn mm-hmm. where you where you're saying you're on the map, um, but the other players don't know whether that's the truth or not because they don't they didn't see the card you drew. Um, so I was just sitting there getting you know not played it before I was sort of having it's not exactly thrown at me but you know you've, you've all got the map and things and you can mm. you see where they are but because I had no idea whether anyone was telling the truth or lying or whatever and I can't I struggle to deduct that at the best of times um, you know I was sort of sitting there going I don't know whether you're there or not and trying to you know go trying to follow people and it was just like I have no idea whether you'll go where you'll say you're going whether that was a lie or not mm. a lie you know Obviously, if you say one thing, one part of the world, then suddenly say something on the other side of the board. Some bits like that are a bit more obvious, going to be more obvious lies, but, it, you know, I just, just really just didn't enjoy it at all. So just basically, for, just because it wasn't my sort of game, really, just the, the mechanics yeah. of it and how it worked was just not something my brain's very good at doing. So it just didn't, just didn't fit. I think, I, I think sometimes, yeah. yeah, sometimes you just play a game that doesn't click with you and you don't, Kind of, you, even though you've kind of had it explained and you're and you're into it and you're playing it, sometimes it just doesn't click and you just don't get what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, so I got I got I got mm. vocally quite fed up about it. Um, and we finished the game. I mm. sort of stopped trying a bit, and I kind of worked out where one person was and was trying to get them, but never did it. And it was all so so. So this yeah, is an interesting question then. If you uh, if you played it once a game once and you said never again, I I didn't like it. I'm not going to enjoy it. Would you give it a would you give it another try? Would you try it again, sort of now, or or would you just um, steer away from it? I might, I might try. I might try it again now that I've had more experience of sort of bluffing games in general, because you know that was it was only maybe a year or two after I joined the club, um, mm. and I, you know I've played a lot of things that I've all seen since then, so I'm a lot better at sort of that. So it would be interesting to hear mm. try and see if I could do any better, um, but I might not want to play it again after that. Probably it's not. You know, it's not. Right. I'd choose to play at any point, or you know, it's just not. not yeah. That's the style of game for me, really. It's not that. That's not the kind of game that I get entertainment out of because I just sort of struggle with that sort of thing so much. It's just a bit. It just. It just sort of comes mm. down to random guessing, basically. Like, sort of. There's no. I don't really have any strategy to sort of try to work out whether so and so. Yeah. Like. It's just, yeah. Well, I don't know. You might have been. You might not be. It just becomes, which sort of takes the fun out of it for me. But that's you know, as I said, saying that's just as you know, as we were saying at the start, that's that's my personal yeah. sort of experience of that game and opinion on, on that game is obviously you know, it'll be absolutely fine for a lot of people I'm sure really enjoy it, but it you know, it's one of those where you perhaps need a particular bit bit, bit more of a particular Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a social deduction game that I played and I can't remember what it was called now, but it was like uh, you had to escape from a planet, and you had to pair up with a team, with like a teammate, and you had to sort of work together, but keep everyone else from the planet. And yeah, that one I just didn't didn't get it at all. Didn't enjoy that one, and that was a similar sort of thing. It just didn't. It got towards the end of the game, and just didn't have a clue what was happening at all. And just yeah, just played to finish really. Yeah. If you were uh, so, if you if you if you're playing a game. And uh, you know nobody's enjoying it, or you know you're you're not having a particularly good experience. I think I think it's okay to put your hand up sometimes and say, you know, look, I'm not enjoying this. Is that, how does everybody else feel? Do you mind if I duck out, or do, can we see it through to the end? Yeah, I mean, I can remember, I can remember playing a, one of Scott Fry's Kickstarters mm. once a few years ago that he brought along, and we we started playing it, and after maybe 
45 minutes to an hour. We just we just called it because we nobody was enjoying it. It wasn't very good. <laughs> no, we, we, it was ended up sort of it was like multiplayer solitaire. Nobody was really affecting anybody else. It was all a bit. It's a shame because it looked nice. The art looked quite good. It just yeah. it didn't really function very well. So we just no, we nobody seemed to enjoy it. So we just said, oh, we're just going to call. We you know we got nowhere near the end. I don't think. So we're just like now we're just going to call out to stop. I think I think sometimes. Yeah, sometimes if you're, you know, out of politeness or if you don't really know the people yeah. that you're playing with, then sometimes, you know, you, you know, it can be quite difficult to say, you know, I'm not yeah, enjoying this, can we, can we play something else or can I go and do something else? And and I, I, we've been playing games for quite a, quite a number of years now, so obviously we know each other's tastes and we know what games, you know, yeah. the, the other people are going to like, but... You never know if it's uh, if it's a new person that's coming to the group. Are they going to like this game, or is it something they've never? You know, yeah. they're not going to not going to enjoy or something. But I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you know letting the people know at yeah. the table how you feel about it and say, yeah. it, it, you know, if you're not enjoying it, it, the whole point of playing games is to have fun. You know, to to, to play with your friends yeah. and have fun and you know have a have a good time. So if you, if that's not happening, then well, I think it's easier to it, do if other game I was going to mention was 18 Chesapeake which the other two people I was playing with really liked that kind of game, really wanted to play it, and really needed at least a third or fourth player. And so I was. Mm. And it's it's the kind of game, it's a bit like rubbing your tummy and patting your head. There's mm. two different <laughs> things going on. The bits to do with stocks and shares, and you as a person, and there's the bits to do with running the railway. Mm-hmm. And I was fine with the running the railway. He didn't have a damn clue what was going. You know, not quite a damn clue, um, but didn't fully get the stocks and shares bit, and and how to sort that out. And so, um, I came third out of three. I didn't do embarrassingly, but I was. And towards the end, I was going. A bit assholes from school, but I've got three people who were enjoying it and really wanted to play it, and Mm. you know that you're going to cast a real downer on their day if you just went, can I, th- I tap out? I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I think that's the other side of it. You have to be conscious of, obviously, the other people as well. If if nobody at the table's enjoying it, and, and like Samuel said, if you all think it's pretty yeah. bad and you're all fed up, then you can stop. But if if the other people are enjoying it, then you've probably got a bit of a... There's a there's that social contract there, exactly, isn't it, to yeah. so, sort of see it out and do your best and... And finish it off, even I mean, though you're not enjoying one, yourself. To one, you know, one you, game, yeah, one, one, not to put a damper yeah. on everybody else. Does game. actually have an out, as it were, is uh, through the ages, or certainly the, the more mm. modern version, the new story, because um, that that has an option that on your turn you can simply resign from the game. <laughs> at some point, I think in your politics, <laughs> you can just choose to resign. All oh, right, as an actual in game action. <laughs> which, uh, America Scott did so do. Kind of the... enjoying it. I think he said, no, "I'm just going to stop." And, that, no, and then you flip the table. You can choose to, as a game action, step away from the game. Yeah. Uh, there are some games where you can drop in and out, um, yeah. where it doesn't really matter like how many players there are. I think I think we were playing just one, and uh, one of the guys wants to go and play the quiz downstairs, and that doesn't really matter how many people are playing with it. It's kind of cooperative anyway, so... Team things as well, I guess, like a yeah. or a code name yeah. as well. Yeah. Like those team kind of games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't mind so much the game in some respects, but there was definitely, as we've said, partly, you know, the time, partly what's happened in the day as well. I think at other times I'd have been a little bit more amenable and things, but I think there was, or there was also an element of 
this is not quite my thing mm. as well. You know, it wasn't completely yeah. off-piece, because there are times when I do like games where you've really got to engage your brain and think about it, and there's all these different complex options, but but by the third, th- you know, three, three and a half hours in, and you're going, I've been at work all day, it, it's half past ten, and I'm still... Yeah. Just, just, come on, just... Ref, call the bell. <laughs> you know, it's the yeah, ten seconds. I'm out, dude. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, sometimes it's like a personal thing, isn't it? It's not the game that's bad, or the people that you're playing with, or anything like that. The environment. Sometimes it's just you're either too tired, or like you say, it's not something that really, you know, it's just you that's not really in the mood for that particular type of game or kind of game at that point. Yeah. See, we're all far too nice. None of us have said the game was. <laughs> I've played, <laughs> played some bad games. I talked about a couple last week that were that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw them through. That I did, I did play them through to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily always a bad thing as well. If you uh, if you if you if you get roped into playing a game that you think you're not going to like, you know, that's not that's not really your kind of thing or you think it's going to be too long. I've, yeah. I've played games before where I thought that and I thought, oh, I'm not going to enjoy this. And I've ended up really, really having a good time and, and wanted to play them more. Uh, so, sometimes you get yeah. to play games, you know, that you think are out of your wheelhouse or you think you're not going to like and you end up sort of really liking them. Hmm. Yeah. Well, the other thing is the best game to play that you don't really like is someone else's game. If you've bought something yeah. and you've not liked it and it's yours, then you're sat there going, oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those hours sneaking get into the house where the records are off. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. It is a bit disappointing sometimes if, if you know, you've, you've played a game and you've brought it along, you've enjoyed it, and then people play it and it's just, yeah, it doesn't go down all that well or... I think we played uh, we played yeah, a new game at the weekend, and we play, I think we played it wrong. <laughs> that was my fault. That I never thought, helps. I, yeah, I didn't really teach it very well, and I think we played it a few a few wrong. It was like three quarters of the way through before we realised, and yeah, that yeah, it was okay. I, don't, I didn't. I mean, we did play it wrong, but it didn't didn't affect the experience. Yeah, yeah. Me, but it's a, it's a it's a bit of a downer when you know when it's a favourite game or it's something that you you enjoy that you know other people don't but that's that's one of the things isn't it that's just that's yes nature yeah, of humanity yeah. really isn't it not everybody can like everything <laughs> you'd be boring if they did really. <laughs> well that's true yeah Ed. so we, we, we hope you haven't put you off uh, <laughs> put you off playing games too no, much yeah. if you uh, yeah. as you said that's all just personal opinions and you know things that were not for us or we just didn't like most most of the time but we do enjoy playing games and we you know, even if it's a bad game, we'll we'll you know we'll have fun and we'll try and make it as fun as we can and we'll get through it and you know we'll we'll give we'll give it a go. But yeah, and then we'll never play it again. <laughs> Quite possible. But uh, yeah. burn it with fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that's our episode for this week. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining me, Samuel. It's been a pleasure talking to you as always. You're welcome, Rick. Tom, Tom, thanks for coming on. It's been good talking to you as well. Thank you. Uh, you take care, Rick and Samuel. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thank Thanks to all our listeners, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Goodbye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.